Hey everybody, what's up? Sagi here. And before you listen to this episode, I just wanted to let you know that the Hacking UI podcast, while we still have a lot of downloads for our podcast, is a legacy podcast, meaning David and I are not recording any more sessions for the specific podcast. So what you can do right now is, first of all, listen to this episode, and second, know that you can find David on thoughtleaders.io, that's his new business, or you can check out my new podcast, which is called The Creativepreneur Show. And you can just go to creativepreneurmagazine.com or creativepreneur.show. So those are the two domains that you would be able to find my show, my new blog, my new community. And I hope uh, to see you there. Also, be sure to follow David Tintner and Sagi Schreiber on Instagram. We're both on Instagram. I'm also on YouTube. So you can check out the YouTube channel if you want to check out YouTube. Enough with my talking. Oh, my God. So anyways, I hope you guys, though, connect with me and David on the different platforms after this episode. All right. Make sure to do so because we have so much new content for you. And enjoy, guys. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hackers. Thanks a lot for joining us for another episode of the Hacking UI podcast, where we hack our way through design, development, and entrepreneurship. I'm David Sintner. And I'm Ziggy Schreiber. For today's episode, we decided to do something a little bit different. Yeah, we have a lot of one-on-one calls with members of the Side Project Accelerator to discuss how they're doing and where they're at and what kind of challenges they are facing. We had one of those calls lined up with Rizwan Javed, a Batch 1 member. And as we started talking, we realized that this could be super useful to a lot of other people as well. Rizwan is a UX designer in California, and just before he joined the Side Project Accelerator, he decided he wanted to start building his personal brand and getting himself out there. Rizwan started speaking publicly about sketching, and we caught him as he just got back from speaking at a UX conference in Poland. In this discussion, he opens up to us about his biggest challenges, and we work together to find ways to tackle them and lay out a strategy for him going forward. We hope you find this useful, and if you're interested in joining the Side Project Accelerator yourself, applications for Batch 2 are now open until November 10th. Alright hackers, let's get hacking! All right, everyone. So we are here with Rizwan Javed, a member of the Side Project Accelerator, batch number one. Rizwan, how's it going today? Doing great. Doing great. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. Thanks. So we're excited to talk to you today, do something a little bit different on the podcast and understand exactly where you're at, what's going on and where you plan on going and all the goals you have for your side project and building your personal brand. Before we start, uh, why don't you give everyone your background? Tell everyone who you are. Sure. So I'm a UX designer. I work uh, at an agency in Roseville, California, and I've been in California for about four years. So I work on uh, different uh, types of projects, uh, mobile, web, and also I have a, a side projects that I work on. I've created a iOS app called UX Alphabet, and you can download it from the App Store. It's a handy tool for of common UX terms that will help you when you need them. And so I've done a few side projects, and then you know, as I had the opportunity to join the side project accelerator program, it came at a good moment because I was ready to start building my brand, and I wanted to take it to the next level. And not knowing the details, I'm sure you know that I could find out what I needed to do. But uh, with the side project accelerator, I was able to quickly get reach the next level. So I was able to learn about, you know, setting up email list and all the small details that go into it and having that support and the support of the people that are in the program and you, know, David and Saggy, and, you know, just being able to ask questions and be set up quickly with the email list 
and then also to start writing, which was another goal of mine. And that also pushed me forward to write continuously instead of once in a while. And even though it is challenging to, to write, it's still the, having the support that really helps. So uh, right now I'm at a spot where I want to continually build my brand. And that is where the Side Project Accelerator really helped me. Cool. And uh, you have a lot of speaking gigs going on right now and you speak a lot. Yeah. So I've also, you know, this year I identified, uh, you know, what, what my weakness was and that was speaking, whether in, in person or, you know, in public. And so I really wanted to make the goal of making, taking it from a weakness to a strength. And so I started speaking on a topic that, you know, I really love is, which is sketching. And so I started speaking at local meetups and then, you know, slowly build that up. And then I, I slowly gained the confidence to speak in front of uh, people I didn't know. And so I applied at smaller conferences and then presented there, kept getting, gaining confidence and kept applying to conferences. And so the last conference hour, presented at was in Krakow, Poland, which was a mobile development focused conference. So it's going good and definitely we'll want to keep pushing it. And uh, hopefully next year is going to be even stronger. Nice. Very nice. And do you like travel and, and lecture with, with the same presentation? It's like the same uh, lecture that you're giving about sketching? Yes, because I've had good feedback from designers and non-designers, uh, I feel like there's a need for non-designers to sketch as well because it can help everybody, not just designers. We all have ideas. We all need to share them. We're all in the same meetings, designers, developers, product managers. Mm -hmm. So the faster we can sketch, the better it is. So there's a big need out there that I sense. So I'm definitely going to keep you know, trying to speak about it and uh, share those ideas out to help others succeed. Could you maybe, because, I mean, you have right now uh, this experience of someone who started from kind of being afraid of talking to people in front of people and now lecturing at international conferences, can you give some tips to our listeners of how did you start? Well, I, first I had to prepare a talk and, you know, that's the most important thing is to have a good talk and it doesn't have to be completely finished. It can be you know, a main idea that you can keep building upon but have enough to get started out you know reach out to local meetups they're always looking for speakers and uh, you know being in the sacramento area there's uh, you know there's meetups but there's not a lot of people out who are talking so meetup organizers are always looking and welcoming people to talk you know email them call them whatever you have to do you know reach them and just you know, offer to talk. Uh, a lot of these meetups have lightning talks. Submit your talk over there for five minutes. If you can talk on a topic, I think you can keep expanding it to a full presentation. And so starting from there slowly, just building, uh, building your presentation, building your confidence slowly, I believe that's the way to go. And how did you choose what you want to talk about? How did you do the sketching thing? I saw that, you know, being a designer, you would think uh, uh, designers would Be sketching all the time but I was one of those designers who just did just enough to say that I did sketching in my process so and then I would just jump to the digital world and just be comfortable over there so I never really took advantage of sketching in my design process and I realized that was lacking and that was keeping me from being you know being a good designer and so then I did this 30-day challenge where I sketched every day And, you know, and... Go oh, 30-day challenge. Uh, David's yeah. cheering in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually doing it with David right now. Too. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. I'm a little behind, but, uh, I'll, you know, I'll catch up. But, you know, that was a way to quickly just get, uh, you know, get the practice, get the, uh, you know, get in the habit of sketching. 
every day. And so after the 30 days, I saw a big transformation and I actually was sketching, you know, way past the 30 days. I didn't, I couldn't stop sketching. And so that really helped me see the power of sketching. And now I'm in my design process. I love being in that phase. And then I'm kind of saddened when I have to go to the digital world because you lose that connection with your ideas, your paper and the pen. And so it was to transform myself and, you know, just be, become a better designer. And after, so you went and you gave those lightning talks and then you started giving longer talks. And how did you improve your talk? Did you ask for feedback? Did you, did you pass out surveys? What did you do to, to improve? Yeah, I passed out surveys at the end of my talk. And then, you know, after a few weeks of uh, really struggling, I would finally get to reading the feedback, which is another challenge in itself is how do you, <laughs> you know. How do you, you deal know, with the feedback? Yeah, exactly. It's because it's not always great. <laughs> and so, yeah. but, but, but it, that's the only way to grow because in my mind, I could do a great, I think I can, I'm doing a great job, but in fact, you know, I could be really bad. And knowing those specific points where I need to improve, uh, that's what you find out from getting feedback. Can you give an example of some feedback that you got that actually, like constructive feedback that helped you improve and something that you did to improve from it? Yeah. So some of the feedback uh, I received earlier was uh, in my talk, I have, I talk about sketching and then I have some sketching activities for people to do. And so it was speaking for, say, you know, 15, 20 minutes and then doing sketching. And so some of the feedback I received was to try to mix up the speaking and the sketching activities. So do five minutes of speaking and then an activity and then five, another five minutes of talking and then activity. So that was a feedback and that was great to hear because I would never have known that I would have just continued the same way I was going. So the last conference uh, I, I was presenting at, I tried that out and it was a great way to, uh, you know, get people involved quickly with the activities. And feel you know be more engaged with them, so that was one way that I took the feedback and tweaked my talk, which came out really great and then another uh, point of feedback i I have been receiving, which is a continuing challenge is how to bring energy to your talk and you know for me, if I'm talking one on one with somebody I, I have the energy, the passion I'm there, but when it's a big group of people, there's a whole different situation, so that's a challenge that I'm still working on but uh, and I continually receive that. feedback. So that's my next mountain to climb. And could you give, just before we go on to the next subject, but I, I just want to like come pick your brain. Do you have any tips for creating a good talk and for building a nice presentation? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so building a talk, like I said, you know, start off with a main idea, but go out there, read about the topic that you're presenting on. So you can get ideas from other people who are speaking on the same topic and then, you know, try to incorporate, you know, the main points and interesting uh, facts or figures or quotes into your talk. So you don't have to come up with everything. You can, you know, bring in the knowledge that's out there and share that within your talk. And then as it relates to presentations, the actual slides, they always say, you know, less is more, which is really true. You want to have less information, less text on each slide. Don't just throw everything out there. I'm sure we've all seen bullets and bullets of bullet points You know, 10, 15 bullet points all in one slide. Just people cannot read that much. They're either going to be reading or they're going to be paying attention to you. And so you want to want them to be paying attention to you instead of sitting there trying to understand, uh, trying to read and then missing exactly what you're talking about. So have less information on each slide, but have a strong purpose behind it. 
So public speaking, and how do you now reach out for the bigger conferences? I search online. Uh, lately, I've been uh, going on Twitter and finding out about different uh, conferences, when their call for proposals open and close. There's, uh, there's different websites that uh, focus on these conferences and when their call for proposals open and when they close. And so even if you know, the call for proposal has ended, you can usually get on their mailing list so that for next year, you'll be informed exactly when they open. Because a lot of times I've really been excited about a conference, but then find out that I just missed the deadline. And so being on their mailing list is a great way to make sure you don't miss the call for proposal. Yeah. And can you name those sites that you use? One is lanyard.com. Mm -hmm. That has uh, a lot of conferences. There, uh, another one I can't remember right now, but you know, if you search okay. on Twitter for call for proposals, you'll get a lot of good results. And, cool. Uh, you can follow right, through awesome. that. So I want to understand, going back to the bigger picture of everything you're doing, you decided you wanted to start speaking and writing because you want to build an audience, right? And you want to build your personal brand. So when you're, you're speaking and you're at a conference, how are you getting those people who heard you speak into your audience? Well, I also uh, share with them. I haven't been doing this, uh, but I do need to do is share you know, my weekly newsletter with them. And right now, because it's on, on hold, uh, I haven't been actively engaged with it or putting it out. So I haven't been announcing it, but announcing it at the end of your talk is a great way to bring the audience into your brand, basically. By the way, I heard like on a podcast called Conversion Cast, they have an episode about like some trick at conferences to get more people on your mailing list, which oh, is yeah? based off of text messaging. And at the beginning of the, and you have to do it like twice at the beginning of your talk and at the end of your talk. So one person over there gave an example where he said, okay, now everybody raise your phones. And then like people expect you to say, now put them on silent. But instead he said, now you can text like uh, mail me to this number and you'll be on, on the mailing list or something like that. So <laughs> it was nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, and uh, also, you know, at the end of the talk, I am, you know, really engaged with the people on Twitter and on Facebook and, you know, other social media platforms who are sharing my talk and, you know, just being engaged with them that helps them feel more welcomed and invited. And so I can start building relationships through there. And so when I do start sending out my newsletter again, I'll have an audience as well who will have heard me talk, which is great. Yeah, yeah, it's totally, I guess they, they know you already. Yeah, yeah. And so in that sense, I'm definitely, even before my talk, I'm there tweeting and you know sharing other, other speakers' talks and just trying to be engaged at the conference uh, with the attendees and the organizers and the speakers so that, you know, it just feels like I belong there and, you know, I'm, I'm in there with everybody. Definitely. Let's talk about the, the newsletter for a little bit, because you mentioned you started the newsletter and it's on hold now. So first, can you tell us what is it? You were sending a weekly newsletter, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what was in the newsletter? What was your weekly newsletter? My weekly newsletter, it started off with, uh, you know, a little wider subject matter. It was uh, design, it was sketching, it was, you know, personal challenges and, you know, just a little bit of everything. So I, it wasn't, when it started, it wasn't really focused. And then slowly as the weeks went on, I started to bring back to sketching. And so I, I, you know, I wanted to focus solely on sketching so I can have a stronger voice instead of a more, you know, a diluted voice amongst, you know, everything that's out there. So I wanted to position myself in the field of sketching, you know, as a voice instead of being uh, everywhere all the time. 
it's a nice niche to be in. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, you know, it's a big need. There's a lot of people talking about sketching, but it's, there's a place for everybody in, in this field. I think you touched on something interesting, though, that you started the newsletter, you said on more towards a broader subject, and then narrowed it down afterwards. Why? Was that based off like just a gut feeling or was there some feedback or something that you felt needed to be changed? I think I just wanted to feel, because I'm already talking about sketching in my talks at conferences and I'm, I'm really focused on sketching, so why not take that and just you know bring my newsletter and also talk about sketching. So try to become a voice in the sketching area and a stronger voice because for me, I feel like, you know, it's better to be focused than to be everywhere and, you know, talking about everything. And so I, I can have other channels where I talk about everything, but for this channel, I believe I, I just want it to be more focused. And so I, I know exactly what I need to do each week. That's awesome. And I want to follow up on that. But just before I do that, I want us to take a quick break and give a shout out to our sponsors for this episode. As you've heard, applications for the next batch of the Side Project Accelerator are now open. If you're motivated to get yourself out there, build an audience and learn to make passive income, then we want you in. In the first eight weeks of the program, we have a different lesson each week. Week one. We clear all obstacles and help you build a sustainable routine for working on your side project. Week two. We start building your email list and begin to send a weekly newsletter. Week three. We go over our writing methods and help you create your very first content upgrade. Week four. We dive into automation and give you our secrets to get a shitload of stuff done in a very short period of time. Week five. Is all about building your army. We show you how to hire freelancers and outsource the work that you don't want to do. Week six. Is a lesson about monetizing and by the end, we've laid out your plan to make passive income from your side project. Week seven. We discuss all sorts of new ways to reach your audience and get started with videos, podcasting, and live broadcasts. And week eight. That's all about Demo Day. You present Ooh. your project to the world. Oh, yeah. But the program doesn't end there. You'll have lifetime access to our community, and that means that each month we will bring an expert for a private closed Q&A session. Our experts from batch one include Tobias Van Schneider, Jeffrey Zellman, and Paul Jarvis, among other amazing leaders. Applications are open until November 10th, so apply soon. So you said that it's currently on hold, the newsletter. So I'm curious, what's prevented you from putting it out? Yeah, no, this is definitely a challenge because, you know, I started and I was starting strong and, you know, a month into it, I kind of got disheartened, uh, I think, by looking at the analytics and, you know, how many people are opening, how many people are clicking the email and, you know, reading it. So I know it's not, it's, you know, the expectations shouldn't be like, you know, it needs to be hit in like three, four weeks. And so I think I just kind of focused too much on the analytics part. And, you know, the numbers and always checking as soon as the email will go out, I would just be there refreshing and, you know, thinking about that. And I think that kind of got me down. That sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> I, same thing. You know, I, I can really relate to that when we were starting the Hacking UI newsletter. It, yeah. it was really the same kind of vibe that every email, you know, would be so interested in the uh, open rate, the click through rate and really like trying to mess with it. And we took yeah. it even, I think, a potentially worse direction for people starting out was that we started trying to optimize these stats at a very early stage rather than just putting out value and good stuff, good content that yeah. uh, we tried to say like, okay, what can we do to work on, you know, getting the, the click rate 0.5% higher, the open rate, you know, 3% higher. When I think, like you said, that these analytics, you know, you took it the direction of the analytics kind of bummed you out. We took it the direction of the analytics were driving what we were delivering. And I think okay. both of us, both of this is something that happens a lot to people 
that the analytics don't always help you, that you should be just focusing on value and good content and not yeah. getting consumed by it. I think that it's, it's something also about believing in a way, in the path that you're walking, because I have it now too with my new vlog. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I keep bringing it up, but it's so hard for me. I just opened a vlog last week sure. and I uploaded like three episodes. Each episode took me like so much time to edit and to wow. work on and to record all day and to, you know, and then after all, you get like, what, like maximum like 50 people that watched it, <laughs> not even one like, not even one comment, not even one person <laughs> sharing and not even more subscribers on your on your yeah. YouTube channel. And and then you're like, come on, should I keep doing this? Am I really giving value? And I, I don't even know what to talk about on my vlog. I, I, I can really feel you on that. And I've been there with the podcast and we've been there with the newsletter and I've been there in my previous newsletter and I've been, so yeah. I think it's something so common. Yeah. And Neil Gaiman, he has, have you seen his commencement speech? Make good yes. art. Yeah. So, you know, he talks about like the, the bottles that once you put out a piece of content, it's like, once you write something, it's like you take a bottle, you're on an Island and you take a bottle, you put it in an ocean and you hope for someone on the other end to, to receive it, to receive your message and then return your message back. And that's like almost impossible. <laughs> and then like you throw the, every time you put a content, you, you all your heart, like you put it in the ocean and you just pray for someone to get it and nobody gets it again and again and again and again. But sometime eventually someone will get it. And then when he gets it, he'll return it. And then the bottles, he says, they start returning like crazy. That's when the turn point happens. Yeah, no, that's a great story. And I, I believe I am at that point too. You know, I'm really trying to get out of that habit and the next push, which will come soon. I think it, this was just a break I needed. And, you know, now I'm recharged after having you know come back from uh, speaking and thinking about what I did wrong and, you know, adjusting. And, you know, then, you know, I, I want to give value also. I don't want to just share links that are already out there and, you know, just that everybody is sharing. And so that is uh, the challenge is to bring value. And the way I, I'm thinking right now is to not, you know, have this long newsletter, just, you know, even one solid focus, you know, story, you know, sketch, whatever it is that can bring value to the reader. I think that would be much better than this long email of links from all over the place and putting 10 hours into it or, you know, however many hours and then getting frustrated. So I think I need to just readjust my strategy and then start small and then grow big. But instead of starting off big and then expecting all the results. So I think I just need to switch my strategy and I think that would help. And honestly, it's, it's exactly how you said you got into speaking by starting the lightning talks, yeah. the small groups. I think yeah. it's a good point that what you just said now about starting small with a newsletter, it's, it looks the same to me. The analogy applies there as well. Yeah, I think that it's, you know, it's easy to forget that even though, you know, we know that, yeah, I mean, I've seen that work and I've seen other newsletters that do a good job where I think there's a newsletter called Sketchplanations where... Yeah, I like this uh, one. That, yeah. Subscribe. yeah, that's a really great one. It's one sketch each week, I believe it is, and that's it. And it's great. You know, I read it and I love it. I learned something new and that's it. You know, I'm sure it takes a lot of time to produce it, but it's still effective. It's engaging and it's not overwhelming. And so I think that's the the way I'm going to do it. Pretty awesome. By the way, there's a a very good illustrator called Pablo Stanley. Uh, He's doing, have you seen his stuff? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's it's funny as hell. So yeah, I, I will go with that, but I'll also say this. 
if you think that what you have right now is the kind of like the newsletter that you would like to have, don't yeah. change it. I mean, okay. think about it like people will come. Like don't say I'll invest less time or I will make it okay. small just because my list is small. Yeah. Be small and simple if you think small and simple is, is smart and will give value to your readers and that's what you want. But if okay. what you want is what you have right now, don't change it. Like don't worry, okay. the numbers will come. Yeah, no, definitely. It's um, not worrying about the numbers. I think that's the main main thing for me. And so I just need to be realistic and see how much I can do, how much time I can uh, invest, and then, you know, invest that much time and, you know, try again. And, you know, just keep trying. Because, you know, this is, a, this is not a small challenge. It's big, big effort. You know, people, it's not easy to do. If, you know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. You know, it's going to take sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes for some people it's easy for some other people, you know, it takes two, three times, four times, but eventually you get there and, you know, just like anything else, just got to keep trying. I, I think about two, three, four hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm always, uh, I'm thinking about this a lot now in the 30 day challenge you mentioned. So I'm writing an article every day. One of the reasons I wanted to start doing it is because I realized that almost every famous blogger, every blogger who has like a lot of traffic, a lot of readers, a good audience has hundreds of blog posts. And I yeah. said, okay, I, I've written, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 blog posts, you know, that are published in my life. I'm saying, wait a second, if I want to be, you know, have a great audience and have a great blog and have, you know, be a thought leader, then yeah. it's not going to happen with just one more post or two more posts. It needs to do yeah. happen you know, with hundreds more. So that was yeah. one of the reasons I started this challenge because I said, I want to do it quickly. Okay. So let's write a post every single day. But I think that like just being consistent is so important. And like you said, it's really hard to do and, and it's not something that everyone can do because if it was easy, everyone would do it. Exactly yeah. what you said. So one thing I, I could say with that, that we found with our newsletter was to automate everything, was to automate a lot of the processes so that it wouldn't take 10 hours. So we can provide a lot of the same value we wanted, provide even better value and spend our time on providing that value and not on like these administrative tasks. Yeah, that's that's where I think a lot of uh, the challenge is, is, you know, spending the time to promote it or, you know, to upload it or, you know, to, or, you know, these other secondary tasks, you know, from actually creating it. And, you know, you definitely have to promote it, but if it takes twice as long to promote it than to actually write it, then, you, you know, you could be writing two, three other blog posts in that amount of time. And so basically it's it's a game of just balancing your time that you're not spending too much time with the secondary tasks than you know, the actual writing. Yeah. So going back to the SAP Project Accelerator and your progress, what were your challenges along the way and what you got to right now? What are your challenges going forward? I think it was the, the consistency in uh, coming up with an idea and then writing about it and then, you know, promoting it, it was hard to get the timing uh, right and getting into a rhythm was a little difficult. Uh, and, you know, I was starting out from the beginning. So I think getting the timing right is just a natural thing. You just have to do it more and more to get that timing right. Can you talk about that for a second? Because this is something that everyone asks and we hear constantly, like one of, if not the top reason that people are not working on their side projects or not building their personal brand is because exactly what you said, getting the timing right and finding a routine. Have you changed your life in any way to build that routine? I think the way I, I changed was to spend more time on it. So putting more time into it and then seeing which day, you know, if, I, if I'm done on a weekend, you know, I have more time to promote it and then start fresh 
on Monday with the new idea and then, you know, on the weekend promote it. So, you know, it was just finding that rhythm. That was the challenge and trying different things. So, you know, seeing which one felt better, felt more sustainable. It's going to be different for everybody. You know, having family and kids, you know, that definitely reduces the amount of time you can invest in it. So waking up early, you know, sleeping late and, you know, doing trying different things to see where that uh, sweet spot is. Yeah, that's what I'm really curious of is, is exactly that. You you know, you, family and kids, it's really hard. And I know a lot of people say they don't have time at all. So do you, wh- where is it? Is it that you're working, you know, and you're also working full time. So yeah. are you getting to write and to sketch and work on your newsletter and stuff? Is that before work or after work or only on the weekends? It's all of those. It's, you know, waking up two, three hours before everybody else wakes up. So you have that quiet time. And, you know, luckily I'm a morning person, so I'd rather wake up early, three, four o'clock and, you know, work on, (laughs) have that time, then it's hard for me to stay up late. So when David goes to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's tough. But, you know, even uh, once I go to sleep, I have a couple hours afterwards, you know, to myself, quiet time that I can focus on writing and whatever I need to do. And then on the weekends, it's trying not to bring this work and, you know, into the family time, but making the sacrifices before work and before they wake up and after they go to sleep and, you know, just, just adjusting, you know, my schedule that way so that, you know, it doesn't affect my other responsibilities. That's dedication. And I think that's something that what you said, we're waking up three, four in the morning. Sometimes people see that, you know, that's a sacrifice. That's, <laughs> I'm yeah. thinking that's, that would be, it could be even miserable potentially, but you know, that's a sacrifice. <laughs> if you care and you want to succeed then you have to be committed and exactly, yeah. you have to sacrifice something somewhere. Yeah. There's, there's going to be a point. Yeah. Something has to give and I'd rather give up my time than, you know, my, my, my personal time than, you know, family time or, you know, have it affect other responsibilities. And so, because I want to feel good about what I'm doing, this is important to me as well. And so giving it the fair amount of time that it needs so that I feel good about it as well. Now that you got the routine set up in a way, and you said you want to get back on track with the newsletter, right? What are your challenges now going forward? Now it's, again, you know, deciding, uh, you know, my focus is about sketching. And then, you know, how am I going to, how is it going to be manifested in the newsletter? I was thinking maybe doing a sketch of a concept, uh, you know, sketching out a concept each week and then mixing it in with the writing. And so I think, again, uh, experimenting with what feels comfortable and what I can continue to do and what will keep my you know, energy levels up and you know, keep me you know, pushing. And so not restricting myself by saying, oh, I'm just going to write. And even though, you know, I wanted, you know, my passion is in sketching and drawing and, you know, that side. So making sure that I love, uh, I'm loving what to, what I'm doing, writing and sketching and drawing and, you know, mixing those up. And by the way, you mentioned like thinking about what you're going to do in the newsletter. How about giving tips for sketching? You know, one tip a week or something like that. Have you thought of that? Well, uh, now uh, thank you for the tip. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I think that will be something... Uh, you know, I'll keep in mind. And yeah, I mean, that's basically the goal is to provide ideas, tips, support, examples to the readers. So, you know, there's definitely, there's a lot that can happen. You think if you're restricting yourself to one area, you're, you're going to have very few ideas or very few ways to have that come out. But like you just said, there's tips, there's, you know, examples, there's techniques, there's a lot that can happen. 
And I think just, you know, listing them out and trying out new things and seeing what, you know, what sticks and what people want and not getting bogged down with analytics. I think that's the lesson I've learned. <laughs> not look at your analytics. Yeah. I mean, it's good to, you know, look and see what's going on, but not be, you know, just focused solely on that. Yeah. And do you mind sharing right now, Ari, uh, how many people you have on your list? I, I believe I have about uh, 60 people on the list yeah okay cool um, listen everybody now go to Rizwan's <laughs> site we'll put it here on the show notes what's the link it's uh, RizwanJavaid.com alright RizwanJavaid.com and just sign up to his newsletter let's get him started with his audience I actually yes. I, I loved your emails I, I received your newsletters when you started and I, I already told you that but I really loved your newsletters oh, so if you change them I'll be good with what you change But if you leave them just the same, just the way they are, I really like them. So just so you know, I think they are really good and have a lot of value already. Cool. But whatever you come up with, I bet will be very cool. I have the energy to start back up. I think I just needed that break. And you know, now I'm going to do another push and learn from what I've uh, done before. And you know, just try to get uh, feedback from the readers as well and to see where, how it needs to evolve. And everyone who's listening right now, listen, 60 is an amazing number because you start with zero. <laughs> you start with not even having a list, not even having a blog, not even having a blog with a form to sign up for your list, like nothing. Okay. Yeah. And, right. I mean, you did all that in Star Project Accelerator, which is a very long way to go. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, putting it into perspective before uh, I heard about the Side Project Accelerator, it was just an idea. You know, one day I would get to it, you know, who knows when that would have happened. But it was always like a desire to, you know, start this process. And then the timing was perfect. I heard about the Side Project Accelerated Program and, you know, just, you know, jumped on it as soon as I heard about it. And it was, it was amazing the amount of progress I saw in, you know, just one month. I mean, I've, I didn't write that much, but I wrote more than I had written before. So it, it's amazing to see the progress that... I've made and others have made as well. Rizwan, I want to ask you, you know, one thing that you're doing is you're putting in so much extra work on your side project and building your brand and that you're talking about the newsletter now and, you know, giving an extra push. So all of this extra work, what is success for you? What will you say is I've been successful. I've achieved what I wanted to do. That's a great question because, <laughs> because <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's hard to think about that when you're, <laughs> when you're just starting out. But I think success would be being able to, see people appreciate your you know your thoughts and your ideas and value those and you know having conversations with people and you know, seeing people come to you for you know your thoughts and ideas I don't think there's a number you know uh, I, I wouldn't put a number on it but you know I think you, you you start to get that understanding that people are listening to you and you know they value your opinion. I think that sounds like an amazing goal, an amazing success story. But yeah, like you said yourself, it has nothing to do with numbers. It doesn't have to do with um, necessarily the size of your list. And if that's your what you define as success, and I think like we should all really think about this. I know I need to think about it all the time and keep asking myself, but if that's really what you define as success, then your goal is not to build a gigantic list at all. Actually, it sounds it sounds quite the opposite. Your goal is to be in touch with a few people, but very closely and really have them listening. So I think that this is like an important thing to constantly ask yourself and think about. I know this has made us think about a lot of stuff with Hacking UI. For instance, as far as growing the list goes, because 
I think we got to a point with our list. It's now about uh, twenty-two thousand or something like that, and we're cleaning it. We've we've collected probably over fifty thousand emails with Hacking UI. And one thing I realized when we first started was I didn't have that clear picture of success. And I said, okay, I want to be as big as Smashing Magazine, right? Which you know, three hundred thousand. I don't know something emails like this, right? Sure. And I think that my picture of success is closer to the one you just described than it is to the Smashing Magazine one. It's it's exactly that. Yeah. It's it's helping people and being able to give value and you know improve the way people are working, yeah. kind of just affect their life in some way. It's not to necessarily reach a half million people. So yeah. it's something I think that's important when you're with everything you're doing. You know, you're already speaking and and you're killing it in the speaking game. And I think when it comes to the, <laughs> to the newsletter and working on the thing that you say you're challenging a little bit, I think it's important to really define what that success is for you, and that will help you decide more what value you want to provide. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, because if you play the numbers game, it's never going to be enough. You're always going to want to reach that next number and next number. But I think if you make the connections with people, and I see that when I'm after I've spoken at a conference, you know, when people come up and ask me for my opinion, and you know, and we have these conversations there and then online, and then we connect through different uh, social media channels, and then continue the conversations. You know, that's more valuable to me than you know the numbers when i see people listening to a podcast and changing their behavior because of what they heard say that you know somebody hears this and starts a 30-day challenge and then you know changes their life or changes their outlook and helps them improve you know that's where i find the value and that's what makes it special and i guess in the future there's probably going to come a point where you want to or already maybe where you want to start monetizing yeah yeah, no, definitely. Money is good. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I bring this up is because I totally, and I think a lot of people will agree that we, okay, the the vision you have for success sounds sounds great, right? Yeah. But money is good. We yeah. all need money to live and yeah. and we need to find a way to make that money. So this is kind of where it kind of wraps around and we say, okay, so I have this vision of success, which is to help people, for them to listen, to affect them. But I also want to make money, which is also a more analytical thing that I need for success, right? There are numbers involved in money. So I think we need to figure out how all of us need to figure out how to define those two different things and and kind of merge them into one. How can I make money while still achieving my vision for success? Yeah. And, you know, I'm at that point too is, you know, I'm doing the talking, I'm, I'm at conferences and meeting people, talking and putting out a newsletter. But, you know, when, how do I actually make money from all of this? And so I think for me, for the, the next step is, you know, maybe it's not through the newsletter that I make money. It's maybe creating a, a class on Skillshare or these other websites where I can actually still teach sketching and the concepts and the ideas that I speak about. You know, that could be a way to generate revenue. And, you know, looking at these alternate ways to bring in money until, you know, I see a opportunity within the newsletter to make money. You know, once I reach a certain threshold, you know, the advertising in the newsletter can bring money or, you know, say, uh, you know, further down the line, I, I start my own podcast and, you know, that could bring in money. So there's different ways to do that. And I think for me, the next step would be to start an online class, online class on these different platforms to start bringing some money and uh, monetizing this. Awesome. Rizwan, so besides that, we talked about like, you know, maybe making on course, what other ways have we thought about monetizing or growth? The next steps. Yeah, so the next steps, uh, like I said, creating an online class would be an opportunity that I'm pursuing. There's also another idea that I had is to actually 
bring the, all the information that I've been talking about and put it into a book format to publish. And then, you know, that would be a way to monetize my talks and, you know, the, my brand and to help build the brand as well. So I am looking at different areas where I can move into to help grow the brand as well. So I'm not going to make the newsletter my only form of outlet or only way of communicating with the audience. I see other ways and other channels that I can use and pursue. But I think the main thing is to, again, start off small. So, you know, maybe not doing a full book, but maybe it's like a, you know, smaller ebook that I sell. And then, you know, keep iterating on that until, you know, I can find a publisher and, you know, publish a full book. So, yeah. So then again, just going back to iterating on small, taking small steps to reach the big goal. That's an excellent point. Cool. I wanted to just bring up something I just thought about for you that can be really useful. Something that's, again, I started dabbling in recently is doing webinars. And the reason I think... And the reason I think it could be actually especially useful for you is because you already have the speaking skills down and you already have presentations prepared. But let's say the limiting factor for you in your speaking right now is physical conferences. You need to be like accepted to a conference, to arrive there, to travel there, to get, you know, everything, all of the bureaucracy around that. And the other like potential obstacle you mentioned was collecting emails or some way to engage with people after the conference to follow up and yeah. to take that audience to somewhere else. So webinars are starting to are working really well for Sagi and I right now. We're yeah. as we're starting to teach some of the lessons from the side project accelerator this way. So this could be oh, a nice. really nice area for you to double to start teaching uh, your sketching presentations through webinars. Nice through the webinars, you're you're also interacting with the audience as well, right? So Definitely questions and uh, answers and. Yeah, there's a chat during it and you're taking questions and also you have their email from everyone who signed up and you can immediately send them a survey right afterwards. You can also send nice. follow-up packages, invite them to the next webinar. Nice. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's definitely uh, along, you know, less depends on being accepted to a conference and, you know, all there's less of a barrier to get to that and you can quickly get to the audience that you want to. Yeah, it's, I think it could be something... Uh, really cool for you to try out, especially, you know, you already have speaking presentation prepared. And for anyone else listening who has a speaking presentation prepared, this can be an excellent way to use something that you've already done, like repurpose that content or to try out a presentation for a new conference that you're nervous about, or you want to test something beforehand. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. This is the, this is the value that you can see firsthand on the side project accelerator is, you know, getting that this <laughs> type of information, if, you know, like, you know, the ideas that you wouldn't get otherwise, you know, and just having somebody to bounce ideas off of and, you know, share, share them. And I haven't talked about the Slack channel that, that is used for the side project accelerator. You know, that's a great way to stay in communication and, you know, with everybody propose ideas and see what other people are doing. So you can, steal them <laughs> but uh, yeah. you know just uh just you know it's so much easier to do that when you're in a group than on your own so thank you again for providing this opportunity to be a part of the side project accelerator team and i think it's a great way to get to where you want yeah and thank you so much for being aboard and uh saying those things it's uh, yeah. it's great for us to hear this feedback as well especially now when the batch two is uh, brought to start <laughs> All right. So um, before we wrap up, like, do you have any tips for anyone starting out their side projects right now? I would say to whatever interests you to just start small and spend an hour a day, even if it's you know, 30 minutes a day, you can uh, carve out a certain amount of time 
but just be consistent with it. You know, do it every day, and you know you will see the progress. Then, if you if you were just doing it once in a while, you know you'd kind of get frustrated by the results. But if you do something small each day to get to the goal that you want to be at, you know, just keep trying. And you know, there's going to be like you like we talked about. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be setbacks. And you know that happens. Life happens to all of us. You know, we all have responsibilities. We all have challenges. And you never know what life throws at us. But you know, regrouping and then go, starting back again. And knowing where you want to go, so that when life happens, it doesn't throw you off track. And so, so just find what you're passionate about, and know your goal, and you know, just go for it. Cool. Thanks for that, Rizwan. And just last thing, let, remind everyone again where they can find you online. My website is rizwanjavaid.com, and I'm also on Twitter uh, Rizwan, at rizwanjavaid. And I think if, if you Google Rizwan Javed, <laughs> I think one of my websites will show up or, you know, some, some place. So, and Javed is J-A-V-I-D. No, J-A-V-A-I-D. A-I-D. Kind of like Java ID. So just Java you know, ID. Rizwan <laughs> <laughs> so, Java ID. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. All right. I just need to become a programmer for that to make... <laughs> thanks Rizwan yeah. thank you very much great to have you on the show no, thank you very much you guys have a great hope to see you soon alright so that's a wrap thank you hackers for joining us today and we hope you enjoy the show you can find all the links and resources from this conversation on hackingui.com slash podcast if you're interested in joining the side project accelerator applications for the next batch are open until November 10th in the side project accelerator we put you through eight intense weeks to build the foundation for you to gather your audience and we give you the tools to reach them through a blog and an awesome newsletter we share all of our tools with you including the internal software that we built in order to get the job done you can apply now on sideprojectaccelerator.com Last thing, if you enjoyed this show, we would love to hear from you. Just tweet at us at HackingUI or just review this podcast on iTunes. Those reviews really help us out and make our day. We'll see you next week, hackers, and remember to keep hacking. Hey everybody, what's up? So if you enjoyed this episode, I'm very happy and you're welcome to listen to the rest of the episodes of the Hacking UI podcast. I just want to let you know that this is a legacy podcast, meaning... David and I are no longer creating new episodes for this specific podcast. David and I are working on different businesses now. So just wanted to let you know that, first of all, if you want to catch David, you can check out Thought Leaders. And that's what he's working on, thoughtleaders.io. And if you want to check out what I'm working on, I have a new podcast. It's called Creativepreneur, the Creativepreneur Show with Sagi Schreiber. And you would be able to find that on iTunes and any podcast app and I would invite you to come and listen and that's where I interview people that have built a lifestyle business out of their skills and passions it's amazing I interview so many different people that have amazing stories and will help you with your business will help you with your skills taking your skills to the next level and achieving higher goals so if you're interested in that I'm there the creativepreneur show and you can check it out also on YouTube and you can also just go to creativepreneurmagazine.com or or creativepreneur.show. I hope to see you around.